Transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. Now, so let's examine the fool a little further. What is the root cause of the fool's foolishness? What is the root cause of it? Well, Psalm 14 verse 1 uh, gives us the root. And it says, the fool. Now, I wish I didn't say that. Let me apologize again. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. And there is none who does good. Now, this verse is repeated almost verbatim uh, in Psalm 53. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now, when you listen to the verse, it, it seems as if then only atheists are fools. But I want us to pay closer attention to that verse. I want you to note the phrase, the fool has said in his heart there is no God and as a result of that the Bible says they are all corrupt and they do abominable works in other words that 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 assumption that there is no God leads to wrong behavior all right so what does that mean when the Bible says the fool has said in his heart there is no God First, it means denial of self-evident truth. And I'll explain that. Denial of self-evident truth. When we say self-evident truth, it means truth that is so clear. It is evident. It is there, but you deny it. It is almost like seeing that this uh, uh, speaker, monitor speaker here, is painted black. And you say it's right. It's denial of self-evident truth. Because the thing is there, but you say it is not there. So, the, the thing about the fool is that he denies self-evident truth. I want you to note the phrase, the fool has said in his heart. The fool has said in his heart. It didn't say the fool does not believe there is no God, but the fool has said in his heart. Now when, when, when we say somebody has said in his heart, what does that mean? It means he has said to himself. He has said to himself. It means that he knows the thing is there, but he has chosen not to believe it is there. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He has convinced himself that what is true is not true. The fool is somebody who knows the truth but deliberately chooses not to believe it. And it is not only atheists who qualify here. There are a lot of church people who go to church, who read the Bible, who pray, who have said in their heart there is no God. Because if you say in your heart there is God, your actions will prove it. 
But if a person goes to church and acts in a deliberate manner that totally contradicts what he says he believes, then he has said in his heart there is no God. He has convinced himself that truth is not true. And that's the first thing about foolishness. Foolishness is when you see reality, but you deny it. You see black, you say it's white. You see something that is clear, but you don't believe it. Denying self-evident truth is like standing on top of a tall building and saying there is no gravity and jumping. You know there is gravity. You convince yourself there is no gravity. And then you jump off the building. But gravity is not subject to your belief. So what is going to happen is everybody is going to look at you, jump from that building down, and they, they, they're going to ask, why did he jump? They'll say, well, he didn't believe in gravity. Everybody is going to conclude that it's a fool. So the fool denies self-evident truth. Something is clear, but he chooses to disbelieve it. That is the beginning of foolishness. When something is clear, it is self-evident, and you disbelieve it. It's not just about God. It's about self-evident truth. Truth that is undeniable. The second thing about the fool, not only does he deny self-evident truth, but he disregards moral authority. Once we accept that there is no God, we make ourselves unaccountable. The fool is the one who wants to live without rules, without any moral authority. The, fool's ha the fool has no rule over his desire, no moral boundaries. If he feels like doing something, he does it. If he feels like having sex, he will have it. If he feels like getting drunk, he will get drunk. If he feels like sleeping and not going to work, he will sleep and not go to work. If he feels like fighting, he will fight. If he feels like quarreling, he will quarrel. Why? Because there is nothing that stops him from doing what he feels like doing. The fool is the person who has removed the boundaries from his life. He has chosen to live without boundaries and limitations. He has said in his heart, there is no God. There is no objective reality. And as a result, everything he does is based on how he feels at the moment. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And let me just say this. There are people who are unbelievers who live their lives more to honor God than people who say they are believers. There are people who have not come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, but they live within the confines of his laws. And there are people who, who, who follow Jesus and sing his praise, but don't live one inch like a follower of Jesus. They are the people the Bible is describing. They have said in their heart, they have convinced themselves there is no God. Because if you believe there is God, 
Why would you go and cheat your neighbor? And this does not only affect church members, it affects pastors too. Because there are pastors who live as if there is no God. Although they preach about God. Because I can't see how you can preach about God, preach his word, and go and take somebody's wife and sleep with them. It's a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. There is no consequence for actions. Acknowledging God is not just holding the Bible. Acknowledging God is acting conscious of his will and knowing that there are consequences for your action. But the fool says, I can get along with this and there will be no consequence. You can find a nation that believes there is no God. Because God says, whatsoever you sow, that's what you reap. If you sow rubbish, you reap cholera. But the fool says in his heart, I will sow rubbish, but there will be no cholera. Because he doesn't connect actions with reactions. There are no, it's no consequence living. And that is the mark of foolishness. Saying in your heart there is no God is distortion of life's principles. When a person takes a principle meant for good and turns it around to do evil. The principle of love can be distorted to support lust. So somebody says, well, it's all about love. It's all about love. After all, Jesus says it's all about love. So once you have love in your heart, you're okay. It doesn't, care, it doesn't matter whom you are loving or what you are loving. Love is a principle, but when you say there is no God, you distort that principle. People can distort the principles of freedom to support all wrong practices. I believe in freedom. I believe in free choice. But there are some choices that are beyond free choice. Once you say there is no God, then you can distort his eternal principles to support your position. The Apostle Paul makes this argument in Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 27. It's a long passage, Romans 1, 18 to 27, but I'm going to read it because there is a strong argument there for what happens when people say there is no God. Romans chapter 1 verse 18 to 27 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. I want you to note that. Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest to them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but become, became futile in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image 
made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error that was due. Paul is saying the reason why a society will become corrupt is because they know the truth. But they dishonor the truth. That is where foolishness starts from. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He disregards self-evident truth. And that is why you cannot debate with the fool because the foundation of his logic is wrong he has already violated the eternal principle and is ready to make a case for anything and the bible says if you are like that you are a fool you are a fool a fool has said in his heart there is no god that's why we read conversely that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now let's see what Jesus Christ himself also said about the fool and the wise man. I'm not the only one who said, uh, who uses the word fool. Uh, the Lord himself did. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27, Jesus contrasts the fool and the wise man. And this is what Jesus says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man or woman who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was that fall. I want you to note that this parable is about the basic foundations we build on. It's not about building material. It's not that the, the building of the wise man and the foolish man uh, were, were different in the sense of they used different building materials. It's not that they used different roofing materials. The emphasis is the foundation. Because if you get the wrong foundation, whatever you put on top of it will be wrong. And so this, this is about foundation. And it's not about the fact that the wise man will be exempted from trouble. The wise man is going to face the same adversity as the foolish man. 
But what is going to keep them is the foundation. What's going to keep them is the foundation. So in this world, nobody in this world can insulate themselves from trouble. Nobody. No human being can do that. You, you cannot live in a bubble and say, well, as for me, I, I never have trouble. I never have trouble. That that's, doesn't happen. Everybody is subject to the vicissitudes of life. One of those words. <laughs> Everybody is subject to challenges. Every family will be subject to the vicissitudes of life, the floods, the wind, the storm. Every company, your company, your business will, will be subject to the storms of life. Every nation is subject to the storms of life. Every, everyone that it is in the parable we find it is a giving. The rains will come the floods will come, the rains come from up, the floods come from down, the winds come from the side. That means that you're going to be hit on every side, the top, the bottom, the side. The wise man and the foolish. What makes them endure is the foundation. That's the foundation. You are going to go through what everybody goes through. I'm going to go through what everybody goes through. Our nation, Ghana, will go through what every nation goes through. Those who survive, survive based on how they've built the fundamentals, the foundations, whether it's rock or sand. 